1: and we're back welcome to another episode of the flow line this is a special episode for us here at aes this is going to be our holiday extravaganza episode matt how you doing this holiday season i'm doing pretty good nice good well i am too and uh it's pretty cool. We actually sort of made our—we've uh, got a, a new studio, if you will—and it's—it's an old office that we've kind of rearranged. And so, um, we're pretty excited to kick off the new year. Right now, it's just basically a table with some microphones, but we're making some progress, and we've got some plans and a bunch of list of things to do. So, uh, for all the listeners out there, firstly, again, this is our holiday episode, um, and I want to kick things off. You know, I started off in the field back in the day as a roughneck, and. Uh, certainly want to wish all the field staff, I mean everyone in the oil field, but especially for all the field folks out there, I uh, just want to thank you for all the sacrifice you make um, during the holidays, birthdays, um, it, it's challenging and I, I think a lot of people don't realize. What kind of sacrifices and what kind of support is needed in order to uh you know just be out there during the holidays and when you're with the rest of the crew and you know uh, company representatives you know directional all the services that you know and i'm speaking more on a drilling side of things but uh you know oil flows 24 7 365 and so we're at the mercy of that and uh you know from the bottom of my heart i just want to thank all our mud engineers um and all the field folks out there making this happen matt
2: what about you well i mean i don't think i could say it much better you know it's (laughs) We've the the irony is you know if you're out enjoying yourself on Christmas Day it's probably because your relief is out there you know yeah um, and so the holidays are times when lots of things are happening and and some of y'all miss out so when we t- talked about oh do we just take a break for the holidays or what do we do we we said no let's you know we're gonna have field people out there um, and guess what we we eventually worked our way up to the office but it was because we worked hard as field people and then there were field people to take our place so. Those folks are allowing us to take a little time off. We may as well, you know, show them a little love and and put together something. So here we are. That's it. And, you know, it's it's kind of neat, too. I, I actually, you know, I've spent
1: Thanksgiving and different, multiple Christmases out, uh, you know, on the rig. Um, and it's neat because everyone out there is, is faced with the same emotional challenge of being out there, um, you know, having to send messages or emails to loved ones while they're, you know, whether it's opening gifts or enjoying Christmas or Thanksgiving turkey. And uh, yeah, I, I remember those days and, and it's it's neat because you kind of have uh, a family out on the rig and, you know, one of the service companies is always willing to, to partake in helping with cooking a turkey or uh, catering something. Um, but it, there, there's a little bit of magic out there too. And so for all the, you know, Listeners out there that maybe this is your first holiday or first Christmas or, or, uh, you know, working out on the rig. Um, There's a little bit of magic that happens and and everyone seems to be in pretty good spirits. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough. But um, again, I I remember being there, but uh, having the the catered, you know, or actually I spent one, uh, I think it was Thanksgiving offshore. And, uh, you know, there was decorations and, you know, everyone kind of chipped in to to make it special. And so, uh, it, it's neat. And, and again, uh, a big thank you to everyone out there. Um, Matt, I mean, you, you had, I think you've spent some, some time during the holidays or, you know, in the field or, you know, cause you started telling me the stories I'd like for you to be able to share that with us.
2: Well, um, I, so I, I actually got to stay home for a number of Christmases, but, uh, there was one Christmas in particular where, uh, I was actually in Indonesia and, and I wasn't in the field at the time, although I, I was kind of back and forth uh, and I was in the office and everybody, all of the expatriate management all went to Bali and the Philippines and, uh, you know, that's where they were doing their Christmas. So I was sort of left there by myself and didn't really know what I was doing. I think it was too young to know any better. Yeah. Um, but I woke up in the middle of the night in just tremendous extreme pain um, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to try and sleep through this because, you know, who knows could be something I ate, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I couldn't see. <laughs> and okay. so, and in Indonesia, if you're working in the office, it's transportation's a big deal. So I had a driver and I didn't know if I was supposed to call him after hours or get in a cab or whatever, but they did give me a phone number to this international SOS clinic. That's supposed to help you during those times. Uh, so I called him and he came and got me and took me to the SOS and they shot me full of painkillers. And they said, you know, we don't really know what's going on, but it, it's probably a kidney stone. And I was like, Oh dear, I've heard nothing but bad things about that. <laughs> right. Um, and they said, but you know, we've, you know, the pain subsided, it, it'll, it may break up, you know, on its way out, whatever. Um, but maybe schedule an ultrasound and, uh, we'll take a look at it. And so they said, you know, do you want an ultrasound or an X-ray? And I said, well, what's the difference? I said, well. An ultrasound, um, you know, we just, you basically show up and we look for it and then we see it. And an x ray, you have to fast and take la- laxatives for 24 hours. Hmm. And um sounds we'll like a in- colonoscopy and it's uh, terrible. Was, yeah, they were like, and then we'll <laughs> inject you with contrast media and um, we'll see it that way. And so I was like, really? Because I'm really leaning ultrasound right now. <laughs> and they, they really couldn't tell me a downside to not doing it that way. So. Yeah. They do the ultrasound later that day. I'm, uh, this is a couple of days later, later that day. Um, I'm back in the SOS clinic in extreme pain can't see all that good <laughs> stuff. And they're like, Oh yeah, we, we couldn't find anything on the ultrasound, but the X-ray has much better resolution. You need to get an X-ray. I was like, okay. And they're like, you know, this is a Muslim country, mind you. Right. So they had me, I could fast on Christmas Eve and then Christmas day, they could see me. And that was the soonest they could, but mind you, I wish this pain upon no human being. Mm. Um, My worst enemy does not deserve this. I don't don't know who that is, but um, no one deserves this. So uh, anyways, I do my thing, fasting, all that Christmas Eve. um, Didn't get a chance to go to church or anything, Was just kind of a lonesome night in the hotel room, drinking lots of fluids. And then uh, the next day I go in and they do the contrast media thing. And, uh, the guy can't seem to get an image, but he does not really talk to me. He just keeps going outside and making a phone call and coming back. Mm. And the contrast media was just extremely painful. Like, my arm would just hurt and tingle. It was very cold, and, um, and he, he, it was probably, he did it like three or four times. And this was like 60 mils every time where I was like, this is a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he did it, I think, a total of six times, and then he's like, aha, got it. Um, and they were worried that if it was too big, I'd have to have surgery or something. Uh, and so the next day I can't keep anything down and, um, I go in and they're like, oh yeah, well, looking at your chart, uh, you, you've been poisoned. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so the, that was too much contrast media. And they're like, yeah, I drink lots of water. And I was like, I don't think you understand. I, I can't keep anything down. Yeah. Like this is, this is bad. So, um, anyways, by this time we've gotten through the holidays Um, and even a couple of weeks after being medicated and finally being able to keep food down, I can't, I would take customers out to dinner. And then when the bill came, I'd be like, excuse me and go to the bathroom and throw everything up.
1: Oh,
2: and, uh, terrible. I come home after a six week hitch and my mother can't stop telling me how great I look because of all the weight I lost. (laughs) Um, and, uh, anyways, ultimately I, uh, They said, "Oh, this kidney stone can break up or whatever," and so I thought it maybe had or whatever because I hadn't had any issues in a while. Yeah, I I get two weeks off. I go back to Jakarta, um, and uh, I'm there, and all of a sudden I'm in pain again. This is I've got just gotten off the plane, so it Um, didn't didn't flare up while you were home. No, oh jeez. So I, I get I I get um I'm in the hotel and I'm like. I'm like I'm leaving. I'm I'm flying to Singapore or somewhere, but I'm going somewhere else if this is not resolved shortly. No kidding. And then all of a sudden, I run to the bathroom and clang. Um, kidney stone passed. Gah. So that was Christmas, I think, two thousand six or seven. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, that's my wonderful holiday story for you, right? Of yeah. being in the oil field and working overseas and being away from friends and family. So that's crazy. Um, I'll never forget that one. Well, hopefully you haven't had one since and, uh, <laughs> no. And anytime I have even the slightest tinge of pain in my, in that area, yeah. um, I I'm absolutely terrified. Oh, I'm sure. So, well, at yeah. least
1: now you're here in the wonderful city of Houston, where you've got great resources with regards to medical. So, even if it happened, I think you're in a better place regardless. And you might be home with your family and kid and stuff. So right. there, well, there's no question I'm in a better place, uh, but yeah. <laughs> right, so. Well, uh, we want to kind of, you know, take a, a trip down memory lane, which is only 2019, but uh, man, I, I think it'd be cool to kind of recap the year and, and to tell for, you know, for some of the, maybe the new listeners, how we came about doing this and, and you know, how we actually came up with the idea. Um, and so, you know, I, I tend to like, you know, Again, I have some random ideas and, and I drug Matt to a, a, a meeting and and uh, I had for a long time had listened to podcasts and, and originally I wanted to start a, uh, you know, start a gym and one of my buddies who was going to be my partner at the time said, hey, have you ever heard of podcasts? And I said, well, so I think I've heard of them. It's kind of like radio stuff, blah, blah, blah. And this was years ago. And uh, he said, well, you need to start listening to this podcast called Barbell Shrug. They talk about business and how to basically, you know start a business from the ground up, um, for a gym. And so I started, you know, I downloaded it and, and I couldn't, it, it, it was mind blowing on how much free content was available. And I just couldn't, I was like, why, why are these guys explaining all this good content and providing so much information for free? And so anyway, I ended up, you know, looking at, you know, other things that interested me, other podcasts that on different topics that interested me and then eventually led into well, hey, there's got to be an oil and gas podcast. So I stumbled upon one, listened to it. And um, yeah, so then, you know, I went to Matt one day and I said, hey, you know, what do you think about, you know, either sponsoring or, you know, doing something in the podcast world? And you you were familiar with podcasting and and you certainly didn't shut down the idea, but it was it was something that I had to, you know, kind of explain and, you know, see it, it sort of sell you on the value of it. And, and Matt, you know, fortunately he was uh, on board. And um, yeah, so we just kind of said, well, hey, why don't we, Provide because especially now you know with the way marketing is and, and things are changing, uh, the, the the younger generation is coming up and the way they absorb information is a lot different than a lot of the, the experienced vets in, in our industry. Um, and so Matt and I kind of bounced ideas back and forth, and you know we approached uh, James Strickland, who's my boss, uh, about it, and you know he because he handles a lot of the sales and and sort of you know is involved with the marketing stuff as well. And, uh, you know, bless James Hart, he, he's very open to a lot of things. And, uh, you know, as long as you can, as long as you can sell him on the value of it, he's like, hey, prove me otherwise. Uh, and, and that's kind of how it got started. And, and man, I, I'm kind of curious on, on sort of the journey leading up to it. I mean, what were your thoughts at the time? Because I don't think I've even really asked you. You just kind of seem to, you know, yeah, just have faith in it. And, and here we are. But what, what
2: was that like for you? <laughs> I mean, you know, I think the interesting thing is we get to do a lot of really cool things at AES. I mean, and, and we have the freedom to try a lot of things. And so I've always told my team, like, try it and fail quickly. Try some, try it. And if it doesn't work, let's all evaluate why it didn't work and, and move on. Um, and one of the things was, it was like, no, I, like, I really thought you were onto something. Mm. But there's always these questions. Okay, is it going to take a bunch of work? Is there going to be a lot of cost? And not to say that, this is easy by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but if it's one of those where you know we have to we have to put eighty percent of our time into doing a podcast um, when we're really busy, as it was, of course, um, then then maybe that's not the best way to do it. And and I think most of the questions you were able to answer pretty quick, or, or we were able to to figure out together um, where it was pretty simple. I mean, the reason there are so many podcasts out there is uh, because it's pretty easy to start one if you know how to do it or, you, and that information's on other podcasts or right. on the internet. I think the, you know, the trick to it from there was, okay, well, how do we determine if we're successful? We, there wasn't a drilling fluids podcast, which was one of the things that really interested me is, I mean, there's so many things, but yet nobody's talking about this huge part of our industry, or at least we see it that way, cause what we do every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so, so we just thought that would be a, a really interesting thing. And um, so it was just one of those, um, you know, I'm not good at it, but I try and hold myself accountable to keeping an open mind. Yeah. Um, and um, I think, you know, you you probably had a vision far beyond what I saw. Um, but at the same time, I think we've both been kind of surprised by the results and some of the unexpected. mm mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and then I, I think it was kind of funny. You just assembled the list of what we needed and it was like, Hey man, you want to like go to guitar center at lunch and buy some stuff? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's exactly. And, and funny about the list, it
1: was, it was me Googling it like it, yeah. you can find anything on Google nowadays. So I literally Googled, what do I need for a podcast, like equipment needed for a podcast or something like that. And, uh, you know, I clicked on a few sites and literally there was this one that had laid it out with links to Amazon. So of course, you know, the, the, the somewhat engineering side of me is like, well, I better build a spreadsheet. And so I, you know, did this and added it all up and had a little printout. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Matt and I, same thing. Matt's like, well, we should probably go get some equipment then and just kind of go for it. And, and next thing you know, we're at guitar center there in Katie and we go in there kind of looking around, like, you know, hadn't, I had not really bought anything with regards to recording stuff. So. Yeah, we kind of go in there and hand this guy a sheet of paper and ask him, uh, so do you have this? We need this. Like, we're starting a podcast. And, and yeah, I I mean, it was pretty funny because he's like, well, uh, you got what's your budget? You know, asking us a bunch of questions. And we're just kind of like, we didn't have a lot of answers. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) I don't know. We need to record stuff and put it on the internet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So again, you know, I mean, obviously we weren't ready to, you know, drop exuberance amount of money, but we had a rough idea of what we were willing to spend. But, uh, you know again and that that just kind of talks a little bit about you know the culture that we have here it's like you know create the value and 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 as long as you're you're doing something to help you know better the company and and you're trying uh it's again try fast and and fail fast and mm-hmm. and that way you know eventually you'll come up with something successful at the end of it but yeah we went in there and made it happen and you know we just we kind of collaborated and all this you know i had some some previous experience with podcasting and so i kind of knew sort of the direction we needed to go, but I didn't have all the answers. And fortunately, you know, our marketing, uh, manager, uh, Adelaide, she is a absolute beast when it comes to, you know, making things happen. And so I kind of said, Hey, you know, we need this, we need a hosting site and that, and we go with our it group and we kind of patched this thing together. Um, and, and, and there we were, but, Matt, I'm curious, you know, after we got the equipment and everything, like what did you think, you know, within a year, like where did you think we'd be now after starting it? Like it's only been a year, but we've. I feel like we've made leaps and bounds.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really amazing. I think I've, I feel like for me personally, I've gotten more comfortable just talking into a microphone with nobody replying back other than you. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that, uh, you know, my initial you know, thing was, okay, well, how do we gauge success? And mm-hmm. you, you pointed out, you're like, look, it, it takes a while for this stuff to build up. And so I was like, what, do we need like 50 listeners in six months? Like at what point do we realize we're just not talking to ourselves? Right. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> and you, you have to be consistent. And there, there were just a lot of things that, um, we, we just needed to be consistent about and keep pushing forward on. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, that was, but, but I also didn't know, All right. So, who is who is going to be a typical listener? Is it going to be some college kids who are studying petroleum engineering? Is it going to be um, you know mud engineers? Is it going to be you know just a bunch of AES people? Because you know we all kind of are nice to each other that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so it's just been interesting to sort of you know get these offhand like observations of you know the fact that. People give feedback or ask questions, and then mm-hmm. um, I was at the SPE ATCE up in Calgary, and like a couple of people with other companies were like, "Oh, you're the podcast guy," and I was like, "What do you mean?" Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was sort of confused, just because it was like, well, and they were kind of like, "Well, I recognize your voice, and you know, I've seen your picture," and it was like, "Like, wait, I'm getting, I got recognized. Like, does that make me internet famous now? You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, influencer. Yeah, so." Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's certainly, you know, and, that, and it's interesting you say
1: that and, and with regards to being comfortable behind the mic, it's 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 easy to articulate something that you're passionate about. And certainly I hope that for the listeners out there, you can tell we are not passionate about getting recognized at different conferences. What Matt and I are passionate about is providing information for the industry to help grow our industry and and, and be able to provide value not only for our internal folks, but for other people that are outside our company that are just interested in learning. And and I think nowadays that's so important to provide uh, information to people that are not only interested in in drilling fluids, but, or obviously that are interested in drilling fluids, but um, whether it's people at, you know, on the operator side, whether it's on the directional side, I've had folks that, that have nothing to do with drilling fluids, but are just interested in learning. And Mm. I think nowadays there's just so much uh, demand for free information. And so anytime you can learn about a discipline that otherwise you may not get exposed to, um, that just kind of puts more tools in your tool belt. And, um, you know, I encourage anyone out there who's not on the mud side, whether it be directional or bits or anything else, like it's a great way to, to, to do that. Um, but, uh, for me, it was, you know, starting it off. It was, uh, I, I kind of put myself in the mud engineer's shoes and, 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 and I thought, well. If there was um, a platform or somewhere where I could gain information and and have it organized, especially on my phone, because everyone does everything off their phone. Uh, if I'm, you know, if I come up with a certain situation, whether it's you know bearite sag or water wet solids, or you know whether I want to learn more about solids control, it would have been neat to have a portfolio of things that I could go back and reference and share with the rig hands, the Derrick hand, and so that that's kind of where I saw a lot of the value. And then also to, you know, from a, you know, drilling engineer standpoint uh, talking to a lot of customers that did petroleum engineering there, they don't really spend too much time on the drilling fluid side. So I thought, well, as a drilling engineer, it'd be kind of neat to be able to have something in my pocket that I could, you know, scan and, you know, flip through something if I'm having an issue or if there's something on the rig that's happening that I'm not familiar with from a mud standpoint, instead of, you know, having to call an email, it'd be neat to just sit there and listen to a topic. And so, um, I, 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 you know, I had ideas of of that. That was kind of the vision for me, and and now that's kind of evolved, which is very interesting because we've just you know released the the solids control series, and, and so we're branching out in that way. Um, but what I've learned is is it's it's been, uh, internally it's been very valuable, and at the very and I think for us as a company that's a win, and and if no one else listened to it and it was just an internal podcast. I think that just adds value for our mud engineers to be able to learn and be connected with folks like you and I um, to make them feel like they have a voice. And I've had a lot of mud engineers reach out and say, hey, you know, I'd love to have you guys talk about this. We do it. They thank us um, to where, you know, as a, as a mud engineer, when I was in the field, I didn't really a lot of times feel like I had a connection to the office. You know, I felt like I was a little bit on an island and, in, and not you know any fault to anybody? It's just that's the way our, bin, our business works. Is there's a lot of layers between guys like yourself and and, and guys in the field. are yeah. women in the field, and so um, you know that that for me has been is very very gratifying and and rewarding to be able to have that connection with the field to make them feel like they have a voice and that they are part of something greater than just what's going on at the
2: rig. Absolutely, and and I mean I think what was what's been really neat is I remember. You know, we had engineering meetings where our engineering manager, Chris, had as many mud engineers as possible. We did the same thing two days in a row so that the back-to-backs could come through. And, um, you know, several of them reached out. Hey, Justin, you going to be there? <laughs> um, you, you know, they feel connected in a different way. Um, and that's why I think, you know, even when we did, uh, when we did the, the podcast with Baxter, you know, sometimes he takes a little convincing just, just uh, you know, and once you get him talking, it's, it's pretty awesome. But I'm, I'm yeah. like... Man, I think our our people are just going to love you know hearing from you. They're going to feel a little more connected to you know the guy on top. Yeah, Um, because there is so much tied to you know product development, all these other things. This isn't Mm -hmm. a guy who shows up in a suit and you know quote unquote manages. Right. Um, And so just being being able to bring in more of our own people and get an idea of what they do, and then I think you know the business case. uh, You know, I've always seen it, and and we have to ask ourselves that question: if you're you know on the drilling side. And, you know, I think we offer a lot of knowledge where we might, might not tackle specifically your problem, but I think it shows that we could find a solution pretty quickly because we feel like we know our business. Right. And then I think the other side of it is uh, we work with a lot of really great people and we have a really fun company. And if people can sense that and, and that they're working with a company that wants to work with them, mm-hmm. um, you know, I I think that kind of bleeds through everything we do, um, and the and the podcast is a very, you know, I would say visible, but we'll say audible way of of picking up, that up, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, uh, that kind of leads me into another topic, Matt. Is is what can uh, what can we expect? You know, coming up into two thousand twenty. Um, I know we've got a few things in the pipeline. Uh, so why don't we talk a little bit about what what our plans are for this year?
2: So I think, um. You know, the, the thing with the, the Derek guys, I, I hope people appreciate that and, and got something out of it. But I think, like, anytime mud touches something, it could be pretty interesting to engage with, uh, with that and ask them, okay, well, what do you guys think about the mud? Right. Um, you know, I, we, we were, we've both talked about the idea of, wow, you know, maybe we'll get, get somebody on the directional side to tell us uh, how our mud always fails their tools and <laughs> right. nothing ever goes wrong with their equipment yeah um uh i probably just anybody any directional guy listening is now withdrawn themselves from considering <laughs> joining that one but
1: <laughs> we'll find someone out there yeah. i'm sure someone whose voice wants to be heard
2: yeah um and and then uh you know i think i mean it goes back to listeners we hope you guys come up with some more some more episodes um you know it gets progressively more challenging right not that we're not afraid to cover new topics or anything but um you know it it's just y'all keep us on our toes by asking us questions. And so it's fun to create new, new episodes that directly answer a question somebody out there has. Right. And it's, and it's, and it's what we're doing is is
1: providing value for the listeners. The listeners are what make this podcast happen. Again, Matt and I, we could talk with each other all day long, but we want to make sure that the listeners are, 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 you know, are, are learning something. So ultimately at the end of the day, Uh, we're always open for people to reach out. And if there's any ideas for shows or questions again, like that's what keeps this machine growing and and, and evolving. Um, And so, yeah, I think there's a lot of neat things that we're planning on doing next year. So, you know, be on the lookout for more tech tips. Um, Now that we have our new fancy studio here, we're going to try and do some more video content. Uh, And I say, try, we will be doing more video content to actually, um, you know, it, it was, it was interesting. We had our, our AES Christmas party here and, We were very fortunate um, to be recognized uh, by our president, Mr. Richard Baxter. He actually awarded us with uh, some nice cameras uh, that are actually in 4K. So we're getting real fancy here. And uh, so now we got to put these cameras to good use. Um, But, you know, it's funny. I had someone the other day ask me, uh, you know, how do I start a podcast and how hard is it? And, you know, this is definitely not our full-time job, Matt. So why don't you describe actually what goes into making one of these bad boys?
2: So, I mean, you know, we have our recording equipment kind of set out, right? So yeah. really, it's just, it's coming up with the content. It's, it's you'll see we're, we're actually progressively getting more sophisticated just in order to backdrop, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. And even some friends are like, man, we think it's hilarious that your video is like, it is clearly somebody's office where you're recording. Like, yeah. but, but what we do is, is, I mean, we have a list of topics. Uh, we also, we try and prioritize listener questions. We also have a list of topics that we sort of think would be good shows. Um, and then, you know, what's funny, I mentioned, you know, at first we were like, let's talk about what, you know, who works on a rig and let's talk, and you know, let's talk about some pretty basic technical challenges. And those ones, I mean, you could walk up to me on the street and I could tell you an answer. Yeah. Well, as we've gotten into more detail, you know, Justin will, will email me and be like, Hey, I think we're going to cover, um, you know, CO2 contamination. Like, oh crap.
1: Um, and (laughs) so
2: like, I'll be like. All right, I know I said I was ready right now, but give me like twenty minutes, and so I'll go through and kind of run through, you know, make sure I'm covering all the points. Um, and of course, we have listeners who will let us know if we didn't, um, which is which is always funny, just because it's like you, you you know it's it's hard to it's hard to cover it all, but it's it's been really uh, interesting to get that kind of feedback. Oh, you forgot about this? You're like, how could I have forgotten that? Yeah, exactly. But. Um, anyway so we'll go up to the whiteboard and just kind of outline so we have an organized set of thoughts maybe some areas where we can hand over um you know i feel like justin you're the gifted question asker um <laughs> i try not to go into too much detail or stare off into space as i'm talking right <laughs> um but, but we try and make sure that we we have a good con- continuity to whatever we're talking about right um and it has progressively gotten more challenging just because we try and cover something a little more sophisticated, or even if it's not sophisticated, maybe we haven't dealt with it in a while. Yeah. And we want to answer a question and, and we feel competent in at least trying to address it. But we're going to go read a couple of things first. Yeah. And I,
1: I got to give it up to Matt. He's got a, literally wears about a thousand different hats. And uh, I applaud him because he got uh, the presidential award this year. So everyone out there, give Matt a virtual round of applause because he's he's been outstanding for the growth of our company, all the marketing. He's been spearheading a lot of that. So, uh, you know, so for me to, to drag him out of his day to day and say, Hey, can you come do a podcast recording with me? I know his mind's spinning a million miles an hour. So, uh, I have to commend my, my, my partner here. He's done a fantastic job. And he said, we go to the whiteboard. It's actually him. He has all the technical knowledge. I'm just good at asking questions cause I tend to forget and. You know, a lot of things that I've done. You know, it's 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 in the memory bank. So a lot of this is just me selfishly, you know, trying to brush off the dust and, and learn some things too. So you got a few war stories, though. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, don't do. sell
2: yourself short.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I'm I'm cut from the old Alberta roughneck world. So uh, yeah, it's it's but it's been great for everyone out there. Again, we really appreciate all the listening, uh, all the feedback. Just continue to like it, share it, uh, review it. That's yeah, that really helps drive the growth for this as well. Um, We're now close to 10,000 downloads and uh, we just continue to, yeah, we just want to continue to provide information for the industry and help people learn. So Matt, with that, any closing last words, buddy?
2: No, I mean, mean, let's just reiterate, thank you guys for your support. Um, If you're out there in the field, know that uh, um, we don't have our jobs if you don't do your jobs and and, uh, we hope we never forget that. So thank you all for all that you do. Um, and keep us going in 2020. Awesome. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And uh, everyone have a great one. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas, guys.
0: Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flow Line. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.